Time to hit stateside now on the show and catch up with our US correspondent, Amy Thaler. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, BK. How goes it? Oh, very, very well. And I'm proud that you put on your all-black jersey and went and watched uh, the game. Not the result we wanted, but, um, you know, it was close. <laughs> it was not the, the result. Yes, my daughter and I uh, had a, had headed off to a pub not far from our house and watched with, I don't know, 50 or 60 other people from our Kyoto DC group. It was actually quite fun. Uh, until we lost, yeah. of course. But yeah, it was a it was a good group, a good rowdy group. A few South Africans in the crowd, but yeah, it was fun. All right, we won't go. We won't talk any more about that. Enough has been said on that. Want to see your uh, your house is elected a speaker, but you're not a fan. No, I, I mean, good good on them for actually finding someone to to put forward that got elected. But uh, yeah, I really can't say too many positive things about. Uh, our new speaker. He's a very conservative right wing, didn't actually um, vote to ratify the results of the 2020 election. And, you know, my mom taught me if I have nothing nice to say, not to say anything at all. So perhaps we'll leave it there. Okay, we will be. And of course, from the weekend, really sad news, you would have been a friend, a a, a fan of friends, Matthew Perry passing away, Uh. which is really sad, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, just tragic. You know, he led a very hard uh, life. Uh, he lived big, lived hard. Um, what I'm hearing is he was in a in his found in his hot tub. Yeah. There were prescription drugs on site, but not near the hot tub. I'm hearing, and you know, who knows what actually happened? Mm. Apparently, he drowned. Uh, you know, if he was clean or not clean at the time. It's entirely possible that his body just kind of gave out, could have had a heart attack, drowned. It's unclear. They're waiting for results of the of the autopsy. Yeah. But oh, sad. 54, too, 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 uh, too young. All right, let's get on to uh, a few things, including a report uh, on hunger that you've uh, noticed. Yeah, so the USDA released a report on food insecurity indicating that hunger increased sharply in 2022 with 44.2 million people living in households that find it hard to get enough food to feed everyone. This compared to 33.8 million people in the previous year. And what's worse is that more than 13 million children experience food insecurity, which represents an enormous increase of nearly 45% from 2021. So why has this happened? Well, it's not just because of the economic factors and inflation, but it can also be attributed to the elimination of programs that were designed to support families, as well as the proliferation of gig economy jobs that are just more unstable. It's the syzygy, a word I learned from Mitt Romney, or the alignment of all these factors that tip the scales and reverse a decade-long decline in hunger and food insecurity statistics in this country. Now, 7 million households are so tight, they're skipping meals and can't afford balanced, nutritious meals with some kids going hungry, sometimes not eating all day. What's the solution? Well, that's for Congress to fund programs that have been previously cut, but given the current culture in Congress, I mean, who knows? Not much is getting done these days. You know, it sounds like, I mean, some of the things are happening in this country on a, probably on a slightly smaller scales, but still uh, much the same kind of thing. Let's move on to uh, trade and uh, news of a new trade deal cut with China uh, by the U.S. last week. Yeah, so what did get done this week was a deal with China at the U.S. Sustainable Agricultural Trade Forum in, of all places, Iowa. 
Mark's favorite place. Hey. Where it executed, an, maybe he was there, where it executed an agreement to buy billions of dollars um, worth of agricultural goods. Most of the contracts were for soy, but a few didn't include soy, sorghum, and wheat, and all go into effect for the current marketing year. Now, 11 companies and all got deals with China, the largest importer of American soy products, and is responsible for more than 60% of the global trade. While China is our largest consumer, we are not the largest producer of soy product, products. We only enjoy about 37% of the market. Brazil sits in the top spot. Uh, soy products are on the rise over the last decade, but no one country can fulfill the demand on its own. However, both Brazil and U.S. have been taking steps to up production capabilities. As for China, the ambassador to the U.S. put it nicely when he said, let us sow more seeds of cooperation on the fields of hope. I guess they've gotten over what happened in Arkansas last week. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We won't even touch on that. That was really, really awful. Um, okay, huge investment last week by the USDA as well. Yeah, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack announced that the USDA, through its Commodity Credit Corporation vehicle, is investing $2.3 billion to support international trade and food aid. $1.3 billion of the funds are earmarked for the Regional Agricultural Promotion Program, which is designed to help groups market commodities internationally. The balance of the fund is all allocated for commodity-based international food aid. Now, while that may sound like all the funds are going overseas, apparently for every $1 invested in developing the export market, $24 in revenue is generated. And this announcement generated quite a bit of buzz from a variety of groups, so all very positive. As I noted, this was a result of bipartisan requests from the Senate Ag Committee led by Democratic Committee Chair Stabenow of Michigan and ranking Republican member John Bozeman of Arkansas, a rare instance of parties working together. So, BK, there may be hope after all for D.C. Absolutely. Amy, always good to uh, catch up. Let's do it again next week, shall we? Sounds good, BK. Amy Thaler, our US correspondent. Hopefully she survives Halloween. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, or a, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.